Yo, guys, it's T here being joined by my co-host, Matt. we got another exciting episode lined up for you today. Matt, tell them what we're talking about today. So today, we got a couple different topics. We got Westbrook and Harden. We got some more NBA talk. We got a little bit of MLB talk coming in here today. We are going to be talking about World Series contenders. And lastly, we'll be finishing off with a little bit of MVP talk for the MLB. So before we get started, I'd like to give a big congratulations to the Women's U.S. National Team on winning another World Cup. And with that being said, I'd like to jump back in, jump right into our first topic. And I'm going to start off our first topic with a question. Caesar, Westbrook and Harden, do you think that they're going to work together? Well, they obviously have some chemistry due to their OKC Thunder days. They're, they were both two different players back then, but they seem like two guys willing to We've seen Chris Paul and James Harden. We've seen them work. We had some questions because they're both so ball don- dominant. But um, I believe it will work. I, I believe Russell Westbrook can take off the load. And Westbrook can also rest a little more knowing James Harden can carry scare- carry the scoring loads on many nights. Um, obviously, Westbrook had PG. But I just think James Harden just on another level of offense. So... I think Westbrook, if he, if he just does what he does and facilitates and rebounds and defends, plays hard with the energy, the Rockets can be a real threat in the West this year. I know the West is a little more wide open. I know we, we got some new teams building up, such as the Lakers and the Clippers. But the Rockets are no team to sleep on. They're t- the toughest matchup each playoffs for the last few years, face running into the Golden State dynasty. But... I believe Westbrook and Harden can work, and I, and I believe this does give them a good shot at winning the title. Maybe maybe make another move or two, but I like their chances going into next year. I have to agree with you there. I think that the old chemistry they had from their old OKC Thunder days is definitely going to come back into play. I do feel they're going to need a couple of games just to, to remember how it was, just to remember the had. And I feel like once that bond is is uh, made once again that they're going to be an, a very, very large threat in the West, like you said. So, with that being said, them having the chemistry and them being both very talented basketball players, you do believe that they can win a ring this year? Or maybe in the coming years? So, you have Westbrook and Harden locked up for a few years. Um, Do I think they want a ring next year? No. But I believe that you necessarily can't count them out just yet. I know people, the names are pouring in. These guys just want their stats. But these two are two fierce competitors, and they want to win every time they go out on the floor. And, I mean, for a really deep West, they're still a top-five team easily. So, will they ever end their careers with the ring? I'm not 100%. They... They're playing in one of the best eras ever. And so many crazy duels in the NBA right now. I wouldn't really see where we rank them. But I have a, I have a feeling that maybe they can add a ring ring to the repertoire in the upcoming years. So, yes, I think Harden and Westbrook win at least one ring. I'd have to see how the next season plays out. And I'd have to see on whether or not they have the capability of being able to win that ring. So I'd have to wait until the next season starts just to actually watch some games and see how they can perform, if they can perform at the same caliber they once did before. So I would categorize them as possibly a sleeper team right now. 
Now, while we're on the topic of sleeper teams, what are some other sleeper teams in the NBA that are right now that that people are just not going to expect, that they're just going to come out shooting? Um, a deep, deep sleeper in the West, I believe, are the Pelicans. I mean, I know people people just see the Pelicans, they think they're another lottery team, but this team went out and they secured probably one of the biggest paybacks for Anthony Davis, who, who was not happy there, who wanted to leave, and would most likely leave next summer. And they got a brand new young core. They got the number one pick, uh, hoping to be a future superstar. And they added some great pieces in the offseason alone. They added J.J. Redick. They traded for Derek Favors. And the Pelicans, there's not a team to sleep on. I'm not saying they contend next year, but for a deep sleeper team, maybe an eighth seed, I know the West is so deep, so it's so hard just to sneak in. You need to be at least, like, a good eight games above 500. I know going to the East, it might be a little easier to get in, sneak into the playoffs. But with the West, a deep sleeper team would be the Pelicans to sneak into the playoffs. And another deep sleeper team would be the San Antonio Spurs. I, I don't think anyone's talking about the Spurs enough. I know they're getting their very high potential-like point guard, DeJounte Murray back. They're getting their their rookie pick last year, Lonnie Walker, who's just been killing the summer league. It just seems like he's a he's a man playing against boys right now. So and then they just have some great pieces. They still have DeMar DeRozan, Lamarcus Aldridge. And it's just a team everyone seems to be counting out. And I believe the Spurs make some noise this year. Um going on to the other side of the East, I know the teams are more set and but I feel like people got to stop sleeping on the Heat. I don't I don't think people are giving the Heat enough credit. I mean, it seems their draft pick, Tyler Hero, is just going to be a straight baller, man. Guy balls with a bunch of confidence, and it's exciting to watch th- those summer league games. And Jimmy Butler, I know people say he's just, um, he's, he's a toxic guy. I know, I know why he came out and said it before, but I still believe that's a guy that wants to win every day. I, I think he wants to come out. I think he wants to to change that culture in South Beach and turn them into a winning team once again. So, a few sleeper teams, the Spurs, the Heat, and the Pelicans. Let me ask you a quick question right here about the Spurs. What kind of role does Rudy Gay play, and do you think he's crucial to the Spurs being a sleeper team? Yes, Rudy Gay got re-signed in the offseason for another two years, and just a solid, solid wing player, and he really complements the games of guys like De- DeMarcus, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. And just to have that veteran presence for younger guys, just like Derek White, Brian Forbes, and DeJounte Murray, guys like Lonnie Walker and their newer draft picks, um, Cowden Johnson, can't learn a thing from two. And they drafted um, not a big name in Lucas Samnick with the 19th overall pick and we all know the Spurs are notorious for turning the overseas guy into all-stars so I would like to see how that pick turns out and yeah so Rudy Gay is going to play a big part in this Spurs offense I know um he had some trouble with the left eye and um a few other nagging injuries but if he's healthy he's, he's definitely one of those pieces you need on the championship team yeah, I definitely have to agree with you. I think Rudy Gay is definitely going to be uh, a great compliment to LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. And 
yeah, like you said, I think they're going to be one of the sleeper teams. And I definitely think that a lot of people that doubt them should keep their eyes open. They should just keep their eyes on them because they're going to be... I think they have a shot this year. I want to say it. Now, uh, let me just switch topics here. And I'm going to jump us into baseball talk for the first time, actually. So, the first topic I have right here under MLB, uh, I want to talk a little bit about robot umpires. Now, for our viewers that are not so familiar with how that works basically we have a live umpire behind the batter he has an airpod in his ear an iphone in his back pocket that iphone is is uh communicated to a computer in the press box the press box determines whether or not the pitch is in the strike zone or not personally i believe that this is going to be good for the game of baseball because i there's been situations with certain umpires calling one pitch a strike and then they've done an overlay and the same pitch is thrown almost nearly identical and then it'll be called a, a uh, not a strike or a ball or whatnot. So that's my take on this. What do you think about robot umpires and where do you see it falling in with the future of baseball? Well, I know they're trying it out in the, in the minor leagues right now, but robot umpires, it's an interesting topic. I know a lot of people, I mean, I've seen a lot of the gambling community ask for robot umpires. It seemed like a lot of bad calls and, and these these last few seasons and this season in particular I've seen a lot of bad strike and ball calls maybe even costing a few games so robot umpires would be interesting obviously with human beings out there we're not you're not going to get every call perfect because no one's really perfect but the MLB, the MLB umpires get about 90% of the calls right and with the new instant replay it helps out. I know you cannot replay the balls and strikes, but I mean, as an old school type of guy, you you kind of like the human aspect, but as a guy that wants every game to be fair, you would not mind seeing the robot umpires being implemented in its upcoming seasons. I know, um, I know it might be a little unconventional, but at least we'll get every call right. Definitely, and I honestly think that when you have pitchers like uh, like Bumgarner out here who like to whine and complain about all these different types of things when he's on the mound, I think that it's going to definitely benefit. So yeah. next on our, we have uh, the juice ball theory. Now, uh, just really quickly, just going to sum it up. Basically, it's just a theory that the balls have been deliberately altered by the league and they've only the only reason to do that would be to increase scoring that causes stuff to you know the increase the aerodynamics of the ball change up the materials basically making the the ball be able to fly farther and make the game a little bit more interesting for the players and much more interesting for the fans nobody likes to go to a baseball game for a, a no hitter on both teams or just one run made the entire game nobody likes those games but with that being said we had one of our all-star uh, game starting pitchers, Justin Verlander. He said that, uh, I'll use his exact words, and he said that it was a fucking joke, and he believes that the league only implemented this only to increase offense. So what is your take on this? Like, are you pro for juice balls? Are you not for them? What do you say? So, um, yeah, so I totally agree with Justin Verlander. The balls that the MLB are throwing out there, they're a fucking joke. They, they've been altered. MLB did purchase Rawlings. And when a huge company purchases a smaller company, I'm not saying Rawlings is a smaller company, but it's not on the MLB level. When a company purchases a smaller company than it is, 
And they come out and they say they want to implement more offense for better ratings. And just to bring in more casual fans. Um, and then as soon as they buy the company, balls start flying 500 feet almost every game. We see home run records getting broken almost every year, every season. And, I mean, the juice balls might be some of the most fun games to watch for the casual fan. But, I mean, guys that really love baseball, they got to know it's hurting the game. I mean, it's taking a lot away from the all-star caliber pitching. We have guys that are one of the most dominant pitchers in the league, and he's giving up maybe twice to three times more homers than he has in the last couple seasons. So I do believe MLB has used the balls. I mean, I just watched the home run derby. It was insane. We had guys like Vlad hitting 40 in a round. Like, that's almost unheard of. And they weren't little wall scrapers. They were moonshots. I'm not even sure some of them have landed yet. Um, Just the balls. In general, I believe it takes away from the heartfelt, the, the competitive fan that that wants to watch a good baseball game instead of it looking like a 14 to 20 game. It just, I think it, it helps offensively, no doubt. And I think the pitchers are getting a big fuck you in the end. So MLB, if you want the game to be competitive, just give us the old balls back. Let the good pitchers pitch and let the good hitters hit I mean this is not a league for everyone there's nobody's hitting 20 home runs in a season and it's just it's hurting the game of baseball so let's stop it I'm gonna have to agree with you there Uh, although I did see a statement I believe it was from the MLB they were saying that since Rawlings, Rawlings makes the ball they said that every ball is handmade so they made a claim and they made a statement saying that since everything is handmade, that there's going to be some deviation, meaning there'll be some differences between one game ball and another game ball. But I feel like exactly what you said. Like, I feel if one day people are hitting one run and then the next run, the next day they're hitting 14 runs, then it's just not even fun anymore. And it's only for the casual fans who will watch a game here and there. They're like, wow, this game's really exciting. But to any true diehard fan, they know that it's just, it's taking away and it's not being able to let the athletes showcase their skill. They're letting the good pitchers and the good hitters just be swept under the rug. And I, I think it's wrong. I think MLB, like you said, is just giving the middle finger to everybody who has ever put in the hard work and just tried to become a better hitter or a better pitcher. Yeah, um, I also want to touch on that subject because it seems like MLB is just adding new rules every year trying to increase the fan base and I, don't, I, I really don't think it's working I know they added almost like a time limit for in between innings how many pitchers I mean how many pitches a, a pitcher gets for warm ups and to be honest you either like baseball or you don't it doesn't matter teams are scoring a lot of runs teams are the game's sped up like you're going to watch a baseball game because you enjoy it or you're not going to watch the baseball game because you find it the fucking most boring sport in the world so MLB, stop messing with the rules. It's It's been around for centuries. And you're, you're hurting a game of, of baseball that people are going to enjoy watching either way. And the casual fan is not going to bring that much money in. So let's stop it. Yep, uh, definitely. So uh, with that being said, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into our next topic here. 
So our next topic, we're going to talk, and it might be a little bit early, but we're going to talk about our World Series contenders. So uh, for any, like, let's uh, start with one of the teams here. We got the Los Angeles Dodgers. So for the Dodgers, their first 75 games, they've gone 50 wins, 25 losses. Now, would you say that the third time's a charm? Like, do we have a shot this year? Can can we get over make this our year? So the Dodgers are the first team to 20, to 30, to 40, to 50. And now the first team to 60 wins. And that's no easy feat. Usually when teams get off to such a hot, hot start, they slow down. It has not been the case with the Dodgers. Um, we have a little bit of talk of a Dodger player in the next topic, Cody Bellinger. Um, who's made a huge leap, but it's not even that. Uh, we got pitchers like Hendry, Ryu, just um, really dominating the game, and, it, and it's actually fun to watch seeing a, a pitcher dominate such a offensive-heavy season. Uh, you got guys like Clayton Kershaw finally healthy. You got the young guy in Walker Bueller, and I think with a little bit of bullpen help at the deadline, the Dodgers are are probably the biggest threat in the MLB. I know um, they're, they're, they're known for – they're notorious for choking in the playoffs, but I believe third time can't really be the charm here. And being the first team to 60 wins, um, still having a relatively healthy season, the Dodgers are probably the best position to, to add to a title for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I, I definitely have to agree with you there, although I cannot remember the player on – who said it, but I believe one of the players that we traded or lost this past year said that he actually bet his contract that he would win, that we wouldn't win a series. Oh, so uh, I think so that... Are you touching on um, Manny Machado? Manny Machado came out that he would bet his $300 million contract that the Padres win a World Series before the Dodgers, and I think that's ludicrous. I think that's just social media talk. Um, I don't really believe Manny believes that um, don't get me wrong, Manny Machado is a great baseball player. He's having a heck of a year down in San Diego, one of the division rivals. But the, the Dodgers are in a much better position. I, I know the Padres have one of the better farm system in the league, and they're, they're constructing a nice team. I know for like one of the more casual fans, you just look at the Padres. You look, they're about 13 games back, I believe, in NOS standings. Um, I think Manny Machado was not being serious. I, that's a ludicrous statement. I don't think the Padres win one before the Dodgers they even come close to, to one before the Dodgers. But another World Series contender jumping over to the American League side are the New York Yankees. And wow, I've never seen a team go out and just spend money like there's no tomorrow. Like they had a platinum debit card and they were swiping away and they, they grabbed every player, anyone they want this offseason. And you can see it's really benefited them from having so much debt. I know they went through some of the most injuries in the league, probably the most injured team in the league, and, and they still kept afloat. They still, they're now in first place in their division in the American League East, and that's that's a stacked division. We got the, we had the Razors who no one really seen coming out of the East. Um, we still have the defending champions in the, the Red Sox, so the Yankees have really held their own in their, in their tough division, and I believe they're the favorite right now in the American League East. I believe we we could very well be seeing a Dodger versus Yankee World Series matchup, and man, those tickets would be would be expensive. Yeah, definitely. 
those tickets would be astronomical prices, but I guarantee you that Dodger fans would find the money for them because Dodger fans are some of the most loyal people I've ever met, and they're going to watch a game, and they'll watch any game, win or lose. They're there for their Dodgers, and they always will be. So let's jump into our next topic here with MVP talk. So as far as MVP talk goes, let me hear your thoughts on Mike Trout. All right, so for the American League, it has not been as, as close of a race. But um, we have a few names. Obviously, you have the big favorite in Mike Trout, who in the first half, I believe, received all but only one vote. Oh, all but only one first place vote for the All-Star break MVP. And um, you have a guy like Alex Bregman having another another great year. I know I know he had a, a slower start, but um to his career, but he's he's really showing up. He's he's really paid big dividends to the Astro teams and even that one championship year when, when he did um, eliminate my Los Angeles Dodgers. What a heartbreaker. And then you have guys like DJ LeMay who, who are on the New York Yankees who are, are just killing it. He could be the first guy ever to, to win a batting title in the NL and then win another batting title in the AL. So that's that's super interesting. That's a good thing to look out for. Um, my clear-cut favorite for the AL MVP is Mike Trout. I do not believe it's really close. Um Obviously, we have a, a lot of baseball to be left to play. I know, um, God forbid, an injury, but um, anything can happen in the in MLB. Yeah, uh, but let me talk to you about this. So now that I have your favorite, we have last year's winner, Christian Yelich. Do you think he has any chance of maybe just getting it another year? So we have... Basically, for the for the National League, we have Christian Yelich versus Cody Bellinger, and and it's been a fun race to watch. I know these guys are just just having fun with it. I, I know um the Brewer fans, the Dodger fans, they, they, they talk about it back and forth. Right now, the MVP is Cody Bellinger. He just had the better year um, all around. Um, but don't get me wrong, Christian Yelich has not slowed down. I, you're just waiting for one of these guys to go into a slump, and it just doesn't seem like it's happening. We just got. We got them breaking records out here. Um, Cody Ballinger's only 23 years old and is having one of the greatest seasons of all time. And Christian Yelich is is great not only on offense but on defense as well. People for, people forget that he has a Gold Glove, so it's gonna be a fun race. Cody Ballinger is a clear favorite right now, but do not sleep on Christian Yelich. If, if Cody goes into a slump. Yalich can definitely become the clear favorite to be the NL MVP for back-to-back years. Yeah, honestly. uh, Now, I just want to talk about one last thing here. So, I'm not sure if you were able to catch it or not, but uh, were you able to catch that Angels, uh, the combined no-hitter that the Angels threw, honoring their late pitcher, uh, sorry, their late late player, uh, Tyler Skaggs? See, now, what do you think about the Angels? Because if they're able to pitch that no-hitter, I feel like they might be a threat still. Um, so, I mean, obviously with the best player in baseball, maybe even the best player of all time, but that, that can be a different discussion with Mike Trout. Um, you lock him up for, I mean, a record-breaking contract. I don't think anyone really comes too close to it. Uh, the Angels won't make any noise this year. I mean, um, it's sad. It's... um. It's hard to hear the news of Tyler Skaggs. May he rest in peace. Um, but the, the Angels won't be making no noise this year. 
I'm not sure if they'll be making noise next year or the year after that. But in their division, I mean, it's, it's really tough. They had um, guys like, I mean, teams like Seattle Mariners who came out really hot. I mean, obviously, they dropped off a lot. No one really expected that. But they still have the Houston Astros, the Oakland A's, and the Texas Rangers to get through. And I, I think they're the fourth best team in, in their, their own division. So, no, I don't see them contending anytime soon. But it was a really great honor to see that combined no-hitter thrown for their late pitcher, Tyler Skaggs. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we're, and then, uh, yeah. So, what is up with this Boston Red Sox, LA Dodgers, this last game that, that, that we played? What happened? What do you think happened? How can we improve? Because that was an 8-1 loss for us. Now, do you think we should just regroup? Or what, how would you say we could... Uh, not make this happen again. Let's do that. So I know I know people are coming out and saying that the Red Sox have the Dodger numbers. It's one game. I know um Kenta Maeda did not have a, a great game, but I mean I've seen a lot of balls carrying. And the thing about the Dodgers I've seen in the past couple of years, there's there's just nights where the bats just go cold, they just go fall asleep and you can't just be having that. Obviously it's the regular season. Obviously they're they're well ahead in their division, but Come, come October, you you have to bring that bat every day, every game. So, hopefully they find a way. I don't even think the Red Sox um, possibly make the playoffs. I know they're um, they're just up up and down all year. But um, just to be the defending champs, not really lose anyone significant, um, it, it's kind of surprising. I thought they would make a little more noise in, in the AL, but obviously it's a clear-cut favorite in the Yankees right now. Yeah, and honestly, I do not think that they're going to make the playoffs either. I definitely think they might have just had a really good game with really good communication that night. Keep in mind, they only did just win their 50th game while the Dodgers won their 60th game already. And I do not see them being a threat easier either, but we'd have to see how it plays out. Definitely looking forward to World Series contenders being a Dodger fan myself. I can't wait to see how all these games play out. And... With all this sports news happening and all these events that are developing, it's going to be an amazing year for sports coming up. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. As always, everyone, thank you for listening. This is the Sports Lab Podcast. Peace. <laughs>